0: I would like to welcome Professor Michael Sekeres, Chair of the American Society of Hematologists Communications Committee and uh, Chair of the Division of Hematology at the Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center at the University of Miami, Professor of Medicine. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation. Thank you for the opportunity. Here we are in San Diego at the American Society of Hematology 2023 Congress, uh, booming full of people, full of great results. And at first I would like to ask you, please tell us to our audience, what do you think which are the most important highlights uh, here at the Congress?
1: Well, I get most excited about the clinical trials that bring new drugs uh, and hopefully improved drugs and and improved outcomes to our patients. We have seen presented at this Congress some of the new approaches to treating sickle cell disease two of which were recently approved by the US FDA, including the very exciting CRISPR technology. And we've seen results from that presented here where a majority of patients treated with this technology actually no longer have some of the consequences of sickle cell disease. Very exciting. I practice leukemia and focus on cancers of the blood and bone marrow. We have seen presentation of a new standard of care for the treatment of chronic lymphocytic leukemia, giving the combination of ibrutinib and venetoclax, so targeted therapies, versus traditional cytotoxic chemotherapy of fludarabine, cytoxan, and the monoclonal antibody rituximab. And we've seen, for the first time, not only improvement in progression-free survival, for the targeted therapy, but also in overall survival. And as a bonus prize to that research, we've also learned how to use measurable residual disease to determine the length of therapy that patients receive. We've seen similarly improvements in the treatment of lymphomas with the combination of abrutinib and venetoclax, also providing a progression-free survival. And we've seen improvements in the treatment of multiple myeloma, where for the first time, the quadruplet approach, so giving four drugs for the treatment of multiple myeloma, has been shown to be superior than three in progression-free survival. So a lot of great science, a lot of great, great well-conducted clinical trials that will improve the outcomes of patients worldwide.
0: It's a more personal question. In your field of research, uh, which are the remarkable results which are near to your heart?
1: In my fields of acute myeloid leukemia and myelodysplastic syndromes, we have a new class of drugs called the menin inhibitors, which work on patients who have an NPM1 mutation or a KMT2A mutation. When you add these two types of mutations up, you're probably affecting about 20% of patients who have acute myeloid leukemia, maybe even 30%. These drugs were given to patients who had relapsed leukemia and had relapsed multiple times, and they actually worked about 40% of the time, and they worked for a duration of what looks to be a median of six to eight months as monotherapy. So these are response rates that are similar to the IDH inhibitors, which were also approved as monotherapy in the treatment of relapsed and refractory acute myeloid leukemia. We are eagerly anticipating where this drug will go, whether it will be approved as monotherapy, and certainly as it is being combined to multiple regimens to treat acute leukemias. Within myelodysplastic syndromes, we have seen the expansion of the label in the United States for the drug patercept. It had been previously approved for the treatment of patients who had already been exposed to an erythropoiesis stimulating agent. It now has been approved for the upfront treatment of patients with myelodysplastic syndromes with response rates that double what had been seen for erythropoiesis stimulating agents in the past. Finally, we have another drug myeloid dysplastic syndromes called emetal which is a telomerase inhibitor and that has been shown to be effective in 40% of patients who were treated for it with a duration of response of about one year we will see whether or not that drug will get approved by the FDA and finally there have been a number of presentations in patients with acute myeloid leukemia of triplets so the standard of care therapy for particularly older adults with acute myeloid leukemia is the combination of venetoclax and a hypomethylating agent. We're now seeing multiple trials adding drugs to venetoclax and a hypomethylating agent. So for example, patients who have a FLT3 mutation might receive venetoclax, a hypomethylating agent such as azacitidine and a FLT3 inhibitor such as quisartinib or giltaritinib or patients with IDH mutations might receive a hypomethylating agent, venetoclax, and an IDH inhibitor such as enasitinib or ivacitinib. So very exciting times in my field as we're starting to see the introduction of triplet therapy and we're starting to see an incredible focus on mutations in these diseases.
0: And it's also important that these new scientific results can move into the community, the community hematologist. Uh, What do you think about the real-world data which has been presented here, and in general, the real-world experience, how these fantastic uh, novelties come into the daily practice?
1: I love thinking about real-world experiences, and that's because when you look at the eligibility criteria for these trials, we joke that you have to be an Olympic athlete to make it onto a clinical trial, for a blood cancer drug. Uh, In fact, our group looked at eligibility criteria and were actually able to demonstrate concretely that they were overly restrictive based on the known side effects of a drug and the realized side effects of that drug on that clinical trial. There have been presentations looking at real world data, and as you might expect, the response rates and duration of response conditions like multiple myeloma or acute leukemia are much more modest than what we saw on the clinical trials. I think that's an important reality check as we talk to our patients about their potential for getting better. And what we're seeing here in the U.S. is that our regulatory agency, the FDA, is starting to incorporate more real-world data into how they think about drug approvals.
0: We mentioned that this is a huge Congress. How big is it and how difficult was it to to organize it?
1: The American Society of Hematology is the third largest medical conference in the world, and for this Congress, 40,000 people registered. We have about 32,000 people here in San Diego in the United States in person, and we have over 400 reporters who are covering it. So you realize just how impactful research in hematology is, not only within our scientific community, but to the general public as a whole.
0: If I ask you in the end for one particular personal best, what are you the most proudest of uh, here in the Congress?
1: Well, so personally, I'm proud of the accomplishments of my colleagues at my institution. One of my colleagues, Justin Watts, who's a leukemia physician, Uh, was able to give the education session on a lot of these triplet combinations for acute myeloid leukemia, and there are a lot of them out there. He also was able to present uh, research about a new drug to treat myelofibrosis. I think we have some exciting results in myelofibrosis in general. We have the first trials that are looking at doublets to treat myelofibrosis, drugs like ruxolitinib and And we're continuing to see improvements in the treatment of subtypes of acute myeloid leukemia, like acute promyelocytic leukemia, where for the first time, we have an entirely oral, non-chemotherapy regimen that is curing patients of leukemia.
0: I can think that on behalf of all these hematologists and around the world, I can say a big thank you for uh, organizing this great meeting, and thank you for the interview. Thank you so much.